Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time for Focus, a closer look at people, places, and things right here in our own community. And today we're looking at some needs that we have in our community, some urgent needs. So we have Sherry McKinney, the Director of Communications at the American Red Cross, in studio with us. Welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having us. Do you ever feel like I'm just constantly pleading? Yes. Yes, because the need has been so great. You know, we've actually seen over the last 20 years, and we're talking about blood donations, we've seen a decline of donors over the last 20 years by 40%. Whoa. And that is making a huge impact on blood donation and the need for blood. Now, let's go ahead and throw in a pandemic just for fun. Mm -hmm. And then more recently... We've really gotten hit hard with this weather, and that Mm -hmm. made it even worse. So as of today, we are more than 450 blood drives that have been canceled in a week nationally. Oh, my gosh. That's covered every state that the Red Cross collects blood in this month, and that amounts up to about 14,000 uncollected donations across the country. We were already in an emergency shortage prior to this, and now it's that much more. What happens when there is not enough blood? What do you mean an emergency shortage? So what, happens? what has happened in the past? We actually had a national disaster uh, a few years back for lack of blood donations in the nation. And we, it was treated just like we would treat a hurricane or a tornado response. It was treated exactly like that. What this means is that hospitals and surgeons are going to have to start being very strict on their blood use. That includes any type of elective surgeries. They're going to be canceled or rescheduled for much later. Unfortunately, it may mean that there won't be the blood on the shelves that people need at the time they need it. So we're talking traumas. We're talking car accidents. We're talking um, emergency surgeries. I know you and I both would want that blood on the shelves for ourselves or for our family. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure everybody listening to this would feel the same way. So the thought of not having blood on the shelves is truly terrifying because it's not something we can just make. My son was just in a car accident in the hospital, in the emergency room. He needs blood and there is none. Right. Oh, my gosh. And that that now I will tell you when that happens, All of the blood donation organizations work together to make sure that we can get resources where they're needed. But those resources are tight. So you never know. I mean, a a, a tornado coming through like what we saw that caused people to go to the hospital could really deplete all of our resources that we have. Mm -hmm. And you said it's treated like a, a national emergency in what way? Well, that we electives. put that much focus. It's a national emergency. That much focus is put in on it. It is a national emergency when we don't have blood on the shelves, mm. period. If you are healthy and you can donate blood, please go to redcrossblood.org. Make your appointment today. It is that dire. If you're O negative, we really could use your blood type. That is the universal blood donor, and that blood type can be given to anyone. That is the blood type they want in the emergency rooms. They want on the shelves in the surgery centers because they don't have to type your blood to give it to you. Mm-hmm. What do people listening need to know about donating blood? What is involved with it? If they haven't done it before, they're like, well, I've heard this and heard that. What is it in It's so simple. If you go out to redcrossblood.org, you can look at some of the steps that you need to take, but also you can download on your phone 
the app, the Red Cross Blood app on your smartphone. And that kind of walks you through the process as well. But basically, you go out, you sign up on the app, you put in your zip code, you find out where there's a blood drive near you or a blood donation fix site like what we have on Charlotte Avenue Mm -hmm. in Nashville. And you make your appointment for whatever day works best for you. And you answer a few questions on that app. It's called a rapid pass, meaning you don't have to take as long to sit and fill things out Mm -hmm. beforehand. You can do it really very quickly on the app. And then you go in, they check your blood pressure. They check your um, heart They check to make sure you weigh enough, which has never been a problem for this girl here. (laughs) They check your weight to make sure that you're you're of the right weight Mm -hmm. to donate blood. And they also check your iron levels because it's important that you have, you know, good iron. And then if you get through all that health evaluation, you're able to donate blood. It literally will take you 20 minutes tops mm-hmm. once you leave that health questionnaire booth. Why is it important that you have a certain amount of iron in your blood? Well, because, of course, that helps your blood uh, coagulate and keeps you healthy. And honestly, I am anemic and I have to kind of boost up on iron before I donate. But I try to donate blood every 56 days just to make sure, you know, that I'm doing my part. With red blood cells. So that's how often you can do it. As you donate red whole blood, it's called. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is that how long it takes your body to, you know, regenerate and mm-hmm. make, yes, replace that's right. that blood? That, that is a regulated day span from the federal government, from the FDA, saying mm-hmm. that is whenever it's best to donate again is 56 days. If you donate platelets, you can do that every 11 days. Wow. Mm-hmm. What is the difference? Well, platelets are white blood cells that are used often with cancer patients. Oh, mm-hmm. and that helps them do what? It helps them fight the disease and, and increases their energy. A lot of times you'll hear people who have cancer after they have a platelet transfusion, they feel energetic again. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it is amazing what blood can do. One tiny little pint of something can do for someone. Yeah. Are there certain people who cannot donate blood? Well, there are some regulations um, for those who can and cannot donate. That is also on the website. There's all sorts of different rules and regulations that you'll be asked about. And certain medications that if you're on, you're not supposed to, like my husband's on uh, a blood thinner. He can't donate. Oh. He's perfectly healthy, except he's on a blood thinner, so mm-hmm. he can't donate. So there are questionnaires that you will that you can go through and answer to see if you do qualify. Okay. But, um, you know, as long as you're a healthy adult, mm-hmm. it is it is the perfect time to donate right now. If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, and we're talking with Sherry McKinney, the Director of Communications at the American Red Cross. Have the ages, the average ages of people who donate blood changed? Have we lost a a group? You know, I think, honestly, and this is my opinion, and the opinion of several of my peers with Mm -hmm. Red Cross, back during World War II, so many people were doing so many things to keep this healthy, this country strong. And part of that also was donating blood because they wanted to make sure there was blood supply there for our men and women serving. Mm -hmm. And that generation is gone. And so, and I know I was the daughter of a World War II veteran. I was taught about giving blood. That was something that was important, that was 
really stressed to my family. Yeah. And I don't know if it has been since those generations as much as it was with us. Like we used to have high school blood drives that would have hundreds of kids donating blood. You don't see that nowadays. I know it wasn't when I was growing up. My parents never once mentioned, you know, we should all go give blood. Never. I Mm -hmm. had no idea Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where the American Red Cross got their blood. What about people who have been ill lately or people who have had COVID or now have what they call long COVID? What about those? Well, you know, if you've had COVID and you're over it and you're back to feeling like yourself again, that's fine. You can donate blood. We do want you to wait, though, that period of about 10 days from the first day that you had Mm -hmm. your symptoms. And, of course, we want folks to feel well. Yeah. Uh, Don't show up if you have a fever. Don't show up if you, you know, are feeling the least bit sick. Long COVID, that might be tricky. I'm really not 100 percent sure on Mm -hmm. that. Again, we always tell people, as long as they're feeling healthy, try to give. Yeah, yeah. Because you will be stopped by our wonderful phlebotomist. If if something's not right, you will be stopped. Was there something recently about scientists looking for people who had COVID, who had had COVID, and they were hoping that their blood might be of more import? Well, during, during the pandemic, we did have plasma donated that was COVID positive, that was being given to COVID patients in the hospital that was helping them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because the plasma was in kind of still better shape than the people in the hospital. Well, it, it had the, the, the antibodies to COVID. And so it was basically giving a little boost. Wow. And that was for the, the sickest of the sick patients that they had from COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called convalescent plasma. Okay. We're no longer doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they had the vaccine created, that kind of went on the back burner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully we never have to get to that, that point ever again. Right. But, uh, yeah, COVID taught us a lot about what can happen um, when it comes to blood donation. My. What else do people need to know about giving blood or maybe even having a blood drive where they work? Well, that's something I really want to stress, too, is blood drives are fairly simple to host, and we encourage any corporation, any church, any school, any civic organization, heck, even a homeowner's association can host a blood drive. Oh, All you have to do is go out to redcrossblood.org. You can find out how you can host a blood drive from there. You'll be assigned an account manager for that drive who will walk you through the whole process and be there with you the whole time. Uh, We encourage people to try to get at least 30 units of blood during a blood drive. And it's one unit per person? Yes. But the the beauty of that is that one unit of blood can actually help more than just one person. Okay. So it can literally save multiple lives. Oh, wow. And you have a, a personal story about someone in your life benefiting from donated blood. Yes, that's right. You know, even though I just bragged about him being very healthy, he has been through two open heart surgeries, and that's Mm -hmm. my husband. You know, back in 2014, we thought he had the flu, and it ended up being endocarditis. He ended up spending six weeks in the hospital and having open heart surgery. And during that surgery, he needed eight units of blood. Wow. Now, I just told you a solid blood drive is 30 units, so Mm -hmm. that's a significant chunk out of that blood drive. But those eight units of blood, those eight people who donated blood ended up not only saving my husband's life, but afforded me the ability not only for my 
my family to stay as the unit that it is, but also for my husband to see my son graduate from college Mm -hmm. and also walk my daughter down the aisle. I cannot begin to tell you how important and critical that is when I when I drill down to the number of people that are affected when someone gives blood. It's not just the patient. Did that make you extra emotional to see your husband walking your daughter down the aisle and know that Every every little moment since 2014 has, yes. Oh. Every little moment, every little moment, um, because we really could have lost him. Yeah. But knowing that there were people who took maybe an hour out of their day tops to drive to a drive, mm-hmm. to get out of their car, to get registered, to get prepped, to get to donate, and then stop and have their cookie and their juice on the way out. <laughs> if they only knew how significant that was... You know, it's kind of like that commercial, how much is it worth to you? Well, that was priceless. It was worth one hour to that person, but it's priceless to my family. And you have pulled up some specifics about who can and can't Mm -hmm. give blood. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of people were concerned about a couple years ago was mad cow disease in Europe. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, we did defer people from donating blood had they been in Europe during certain years. Well, that's been lifted. So now those people can actually donate blood. My husband's going to be so happy. I know. It's a big deal for those people who were deferred during that time. Oh, yeah. He was heartbroken. Yeah. So we'll both be there and we'll both donate blood. And then certain medications, certain illnesses, things like that. That's right. You know, there's a concern. Some people think that you'll be deferred if you've had a vaccination, like your shingles vaccination, your flu vaccination, even your COVID vaccination. Truth of the matter is absolutely not. You can be vaccinated as long as you're not running a fever and you feel well enough to donate, mm-hmm. That's you're, you're still eligible to donate. So if you get vaccinated and you give blood, does the person getting it, are they kind of vaccinated? No. <laughs> so is that like filtered out, so to speak, or what? No, I, I, I but they're not vaccinated. Dang it. <laughs> They're not vaccinated Would they for that. then have superpowers? I know. Wouldn't it be great if we could just solve all the world's <laughs> problems by just donating blood? <laughs> okay. And uh, you mentioned maybe uh, insulin or... Yes. A lot of people think that if they have diabetes and they take insulin, they cannot donate blood. And that is not true. Mm-hmm. If you have diabetes and you're on insulin and your diabetes is regulated, you can donate blood. Okay. In fact... We have an employee at Red Cross who uh, has donated. He does he does plasma and platelets, right? Mm-hmm. And so he can donate more frequently. I think he has given close to four hundred units of blood of blood product, which mm-hmm. would be platelets or or uh, yeah. plasma, because and he has diabetes. Wow! And he donates every eleven days, like clockwork. And those are really heroes to me, those people who can take their time and do that. Now, you mentioned that you have low iron in your blood. And I found that out by donating blood. (laughs) Well, I did, too. I found out that I was like borderline or something. And you say you kind of pump up. I have been taking extra iron and uh, blood booster kind of little things like that. So that should actually probably help. Yeah, that was actually when we moved here in 2019. I started to give blood here in Tennessee, and uh, they came back. They said, nope, you're not giving today. Your blood is very low with iron. You don't have enough iron. And I was like, really? And so I I went to my doctor, and they ran the test, and sure enough, and I have been on an iron supplement ever since. Yeah. And that was found during a simple check at the Red Cross. 
And if you don't have enough iron in your blood, it's like, remember they used to call it iron poor blood? Yes. And they had geritol or I don't yes, know, something, yes. something like that. But because it does give you more energy. Yes, it does. And, you know, and honestly, I think it helps too with iron for like people who get a little lightheaded when they donate. So they don't want anybody passing out on them, right? They, yeah. That's really not good for business. <laughs> so make sure make sure you eat your Wheaties and take your vitamins before you come to donate donate blood. And I will tell you, really honestly, you should eat before you donate blood. It does make a difference. Really? Mm-hmm. Your blood sugar matters when you donate blood. Oh, my gosh. Like how long before? I say at least 20 minutes before you should have had something to eat. Okay. Um, you know, an hour to 20 minutes before. Uh, so don't well, come hungry thinking I'll get my cookie later. I did that once, even knowing better. I did that once. And it's the only time I ever got lightheaded giving oh. blood. Yeah, they let me know. <laughs> I found out. I went with a friend and we both gave blood and we were on little tables next to each other, little uh, things. And apparently hers was just like dripping out, like barely. It t- was taking forever. Mine was like, yeah, there's, there's the bag full. Yeah. Do, is that? Is everybody different? bleeds differently. Everybody bleeds differently. Yes, everybody bleeds differently. Depending there's on- there's some great bleeders and there's some that just don't bleed as well. Drip, drip. I am a great bleeder too. So, <laughs> like my boss and I have little uh, contests every time we donate blood. I have to run upstairs and tell him how long it took me to fill the bag. <laughs> Now, can you still have blood drives in schools? Can Oh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, that was one of the things, too, during the pandemic that really hurt us was schools were closed. Oh, holy cow. And that is some of our greatest blood drives that we have as far as, like, the numbers of drives and, and people coming out. So that hurt us, too. And it's been slow going getting that back up yeah. again. Uh, so, you know, I really encourage anyone out there with it on your heart to to host a drive to please start hosting a drive we have drives that happen every 56 days oh around nashville some neighborhoods that do it every 56 days because they know they know the importance Mm -hmm. so how old do you have to be to donate blood well you have to be 17 years old to donate to the general blood supply or 16 years with a parental guardian consent if allowed by state law and here in Tennessee, you can be 16 with a parent's consent. Okay. And isn't there a weight requirement? Like you have to weigh like 75 pounds or something. It's something really tiny. Yes. No, like, it's not like, 75 pounds. It's like, <laughs> that, just, that would be my, that would be my elbow. I know. My right leg. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You need to weigh at least 110 pounds. So I just barely make that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> to give blood safely and... Now, for girls, you have to be at least taller than five foot three, okay? And boys can be no shorter than five feet. When they're 17 or 16 or 17, but adults, though, can be shorter. That is for anyone who is 18 years of age or younger have to also meet the height requirements. Oh, my goodness. Girls, five three, boys at least five feet. So that's uh, accounting for... The body size and, and the, the volume right. of blood and the weight. That's oh, right. That makes sense. Okay. Science. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the American Red Cross, is there anything else that I've neglected to ask about the need for the blood? I think the important thing to remind everybody listening is that it is really easy to donate blood and it will make a difference, not only for that patient, but for their entire community. Yeah. 
that surrounds them. That's everything from the people they work with to their family, to their church, you name it. It involves everybody. So please take that time. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS if you have questions about donating blood. They'll be happy to answer them. Go to redcrossblood.org. You can sign up. You can educate yourselves on blood donation that way. And really, honestly, it's just the best gift you can give. If you're just joining us, this is Sherry McKinney, the Director of Communications with the American Red Cross. I was wondering how the snow and the ice affected blood donations. Um, Awful. It was awful, just like everything out there. Uh, We were shut down for several days because it wasn't safe for our donors to get out. It wasn't safe for our employees to get out. Um, Thank goodness for the big thaw because we're finally back to normal working regime here. Yes, yes. Not only that, but then we've had a tornado and flooding and all kinds of issues that have, like you said, required people to go to the hospital because of injuries. But then also we've not, did we not keep up with that apparently? Well, you know, whenever you, anytime there is any kind of natural disaster or severe weather, it's going to push blood donation back, of course. Many times, like what we saw happen in Clarksville, a lot of that area was having was having blood donation drives. Oh. And they got canceled because, you know, it was all hands on deck to respond to the tornado or either places that normally would host uh, a blood drive were gone. Yeah. That simple. Wow. Um, you know, I don't know if folks realize how much of an effect the least little thing can have when it comes to blood donation drives. And that's why it's so important. 80% of we, the American Red Cross supplies about 40% of the blood for the entire nation. Wow. Donated blood. Of that 40%, 80% of that roughly comes from community blood drives, not fixed sites. Oh. So that's why the community blood drives are so important. Okay. I, I'm a, a little embarrassed that I did not even know about the community or neighborhood HOA blood yeah. drives yeah. because that's something that I feel like I could have been working on. Yeah. You come here, it made me feel like, oh, no, I'm going to to work. Yeah, put me to work. <laughs> well, and that is it. That's why we have you here because you know these things and we don't. And you can open our eyes to some some ways that we can help. And seriously, my husband and I will will be there. He's just going to be elated. And we'll be there regularly because he's been, he was like, I just, I want to go. He wanted to drive me to donate blood, but he, it made him sad that he couldn't do it as well. And he was like sitting there sad, like, yeah. you know, so we'll, we'll be there. And I think a lot of people who are hearing you today uh, will, knowing that a lot of the restrictions have been lifted and they can feel safe about it and get in and out quickly you guys have really streamlined the process it is very streamlined it doesn't take nearly as long as it used to Mm -hmm. i mean used to you'd have to plan about an hour and a half to donate blood Mm -hmm. and now you can be in and out in a half an hour yeah and that's important yeah people are crazy busy what kind of other things is the american red cross doing in our community like when the disasters happen because it's not just the the blood drives and the blood donations that you're in charge of. That's right. We have five lines of service. And of course, the two that we're best known for are blood donation and disaster response. And, you know, December 9th, uh, it was all hands on deck. And we all responded within less than 12 hours um, to areas that were hit by the tornadoes. And we're still there. We're still helping those communities. 
Uh, we had people come in from all over the country as volunteers to help respond to that disaster. Wow. The Marines showed up to help us get the information out to homes that were damaged or destroyed that you may qualify for some assistance. Here's the 800 number. Give them a call. Mm-hmm. So it really was a community effort following the tornadoes. Um, I will say it also opened the eyes for many people in the community about what it means to volunteer with the American Red Cross and the fact that it's been a rough year. It's been a rough couple of years for disaster. Last year alone, the American Red Cross nationally responded to 25 billion dollar disasters oh my gosh yeah and that you know we used to not have billion dollar disasters climate crisis we're in and the situations that we're seeing from that is really causing these terrible horrible disasters to happen i unfortunately have been close up and personal with many of them not just here in tennessee but the mississippi tornadoes were Whole towns were taken out. Mm. I was in Maui at the wildfires. Yeah. And until you're there and you see the pain in the people who live there and the fear of not knowing what's going to happen next, and you're a Red Crosser who could look at them and say, we have the tools to help you get back to recovery, you cannot explain that feeling. Yeah. Um, it is. It is something. Our volunteers are truly angels on earth. Yeah. And I guess you always could use more. Always can use more. I, You know, everybody needs a break, right? But it's hard to take a break when you're getting hit one after the other disaster-wise. Yeah. And so a lot of our um, volunteers are either retirement age, right, or they have to take off from work. And, like, we have one of our greatest volunteers works at Nissan, and they actually give her time off to help with disaster, which is amazing. Yeah. Not all places are like that. So we're constantly in need of new volunteers who want to respond in communities. But our volunteers aren't just disaster volunteers. Like, I even have a communications volunteers. I have 32 communication volunteers across the state that help me with public relations and media relations. Um, We have people who help with administrative needs. We have people who help in... Uh, fundraising and development and people who help with training services, people who are blood donor ambassadors who greet donors when they come through the door. There is a job for everybody with the Red Cross. So you need to go to redcross.org. Redcross.org. Find out what the needs are, find out how to donate blood, and find out what's closest to you and how you can start a blood drive. That's right. Okay. Thank you. Anything else I've neglected to ask that's important to add right quickly? We're out of time. With Red Cross, we always say, would you like to donate time, talent, or treasure? And that is everything from volunteering, um, helping, you know, helping be a blood donor ambassador, or actually donating funds. And, you know, we are 100% funded by donors. We are not a government agency. We are not-for-profit, nonprofit completely, and so... Really, that time, talent, and treasure means everything to this organization that keeps that keeps America going during its worst times, really. Yeah. So, yeah. Sherry McKinney, thank you. Of course. She's the Director of Communications with the American Red Cross. We thank her for joining us. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.